Winning his first championship changed Michael Jordan completely and irrevocably. His world split open. He could never again completely satisfy his ambition, just as the public could never get enough of him. The 1991 NBA Finals pitched Jordan into a new realm of fame, creating unprecedented commercial possibilities, but also making his life increasingly uncomfortable and lonely. Being on top raised the stakes. Jordan craved success, but once he crossed that threshold, he had more to lose than ever. Increasingly, he retreated into himself, knowing that if he surrendered to the demands of celebrity, he would become something he didn't want to be. And yet his reluctance to let the public break the glass wall around him only made basketball fans crave pieces of the Michael Jordan myth even more. It was just one of the many paradoxes of his life. Basketball denied him the freedom he wanted, but it also provided a sanctuary, a brief diversion from the demands of being Michael Jordan, the celebrity. Every game, every appearance on television, amplified the clamoring for Jordan to fulfill a hero's obligations. Yet competing on the court was also a way of shutting out the noise, the relentless questions from reporters and photographers, the incessant demands from product reps and producers, and the endless requests from autograph hounds and jock sniffers. The court was the one place in his life that truly belonged to him. And the more famous he became, the more he lived for the game. In the middle of a game, his singular focus on the competition transformed the crowd into a blur of colors. It's the only place I can get relief from what's happening off the court, he said after winning the 1991 NBA title. Basketball is my escape, my refuge. It seems that everything else is so complicated. As he left the court after each game, he could feel the eyes of the crowd fixed on his body, like he was something other than a person, an object of desire. Shielded by a team of security guards, he headed toward the steep steps leading down to the locker room in the bowels of Chicago Stadium. Every night, the same ritual took place after the game. Hundreds of fans flocked near the stairway just to get within feet of Jordan. Standing near him, grown men beamed like children. Women shouted his name, calling for his attention. Michael! Michael! Kids stretched out their hands, hoping for a high five, while others froze, silently staring in awe at the sight of their idol. The prying eyes followed him inside the cramped stadium locker room, where a gaggle of reporters would surround his empty cubicle, waiting for him to appear. Whereas most players did not mind answering questions while wearing only a towel, Jordan refused to disrobe in front of the press even in the confines of a locker room. I never do that, he insisted. He considered it a matter of dignity. Usually he dressed in the trainer's room or told the team media director to keep the locker room closed until he had finished putting on a tailored suit. Jordan once said that if a fan only saw him once, he wanted that person to see him as respectable and sophisticated. When he finally returned to his cubicle, the circle of reporters was still there, crowding Jordan and blocking the doorway, 
creating a fire hazard. Towering over the correspondence, with tape recorders and microphones extended to his chin, Jordan faced Klieg lights and dozens of cameras. Over the course of interviews, reporters squeezed closer together, like passengers on a packed L train, inching close enough to feel Jordan breathe, hanging on his every word. 